My name is Timothy Eldred. I'm a husband, father, writer, speaker, seeker, coffee snob, pipe smoker, bourbon drinker, and a person of faith. I'm also a friendly disruptor of the status quo who's traveled the world to help people discover their identity. My mission is to end the pain of aloneness and to help people live with authenticity in an artificial world. But I can't do that alone. So I'm glad you're listening. Welcome. This is Square Peg, Round Hole. Before I jump into today's episode, I want to tell you once again about an organization I support called Hope Partners International. Now, not only do I give monthly to their mission of rescuing children around the world from poverty, I'm also on the board of directors because their cause is worth the investment of my time and my money. And if you take a quick look at their website, you'll also see the impact your investment could have on young lives desperate for your care and your kindness. So please go to hopepartners.org today and look at how you can make a difference and help. Did you notice we changed the intro music again? We changed it last time. We're probably going to change it next time. We're just tweaking little things because a podcast is a work in progress. So regardless of the bumper music, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. Thank you. In episode 14, we talked about the need in our world for more love. And, and one of the most powerful statements I made in that previous episode, in my opinion anyway, was based on our passionate points of view and view of any topic. I mean, you can choose the issue. I said that when our convictions or opinions about any topic get in the way of our ability to love, that's a problem. And I'm going to stand by that 100%. So the question, based upon responses that I got, the question I think we need to consider today is simple. What is love? Now, it's important to contemplate because the world gets, like, throws that word around like it has for a long time without, I don't think, a lot of consideration. I mean, love sounds good until it's tested, right? Until the little warm, fuzzy feeling wears off, which can happen quickly because love is temperamental, especially when it's really just about me, what I love, what I like, what you can do for my life. Now, 32 years ago, this month, I met my wife, Cindy, and we have a beautiful love story, and it has got a lot of scars, and it. it stood the test of three decades of all kinds of trials. Now, we've had our ups and downs just like any relationship, and there have been times when our marriage was less than magic, so times when life was almost too difficult to see that love is enough. Even though that's exactly what we both believe, I told you that love is enough is the mantra of our home. Now, I wake up every morning, and when I say I wake up every morning like with a commitment to love my wife, I'm not saying I jump out of bed with an ooey-gooey feeling and a sense of euphoria for her, and it, vice versa, it's true for her. I'm saying I wake up or we wake up with a commitment that regardless of how we feel today, we will continue to love each other. I will love her, not just with my heart. I'll love her with my whole being. Why? Why can I do that? Because the bottom line is that love is a choice. 
And I've said it. If I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Life is about choices. Choices have consequences. Consequences can result in chaos. And because though we both believe wholeheartedly that love is ultimately a choice, not a feeling, we decide that the other person comes first. At least we try to every day. Now that might sound like common sense, right? But it's not. That kind of love is becoming more and more rare. And sometimes I wonder as I encounter people if that kind of love is on the verge of extinction, which I hate to say because that really sounds like harsh, but I ponder it sometimes because it feels like it could be absent. Now, don't hear me say I'm throwing the towel on love. I'm not. If you listen to episode 14, you know that's not the case at all. I believe more than ever that the world needs more love. Not necessarily like the 1960s love, but love that is costly. Not just love that is comfortable, not love that is trendy, not love on another coffee cumper bumper sticker. Now, in my closing remarks last time, I ended by saying you cannot expect tolerance if you're not willing to give it. I'm sticking with that line, and the same sentiments apply to the topic of love as well. And what I'm really trying to describe... I believe is unconditional love, love that expects nothing in return. And so even as I consider that idea, I am aware of the reality that people can and will take advantage of unconditional love. You may have experienced that too. And when that happens, they can do great damage, even to the point that you may never want to love again or not fall in love again. Because Choosing to love is an action verb. It's not a feeling. I've said that. Now, personally, I do not succumb to the concept of falling in love. Because if you can fall in love, can't you fall out of love? But is that really the case? Do we fall out of love or do we just fail to give love unconditionally? So what does the concept of unconditional love really boiled down to practically? Well, I think essentially it means there are no strings attached. I will choose to love you regardless. Now, is that dangerous? Well, yeah, that's dangerous. Absolutely. Unconditional love can be dangerous. You're putting yourself at risk in hopes that someone will love you back. But when it's not reciprocated or returned, that feels like a loss. Nonetheless, that's the commitment I made to Cindy on December 23rd in 1990 in my vows to her. Which kind of begs the question, is unconditional love even the problem? Or is it maybe an erosion to commitment? Maybe love's not the problem. Maybe it's our lack of commitment in general. I'm going to argue that it's both, but I'm going to lean towards the latter right now. I believe we are definitely a committed culture. I'm just afraid that we are more narcissistic in general and predominantly committed to my highest good, only our highest good instead of the highest good of all. Doesn't sound real optimistic? No, trust me, I still have hope. And you might say, but if if I don't look out for number one, Tim, who, who's gonna? Who will? Who's gonna? Who's gonna look out for me if I don't do it? I hear you, and I'm not saying that's an unfair question. I understand your point. 
But let's unpack it for a moment in the context of living with authenticity in an artificial world, as the tagline for this podcast is. Living with a sense of wholeness as your true self. So my argument then is simple. Selfish behavior will never satisfy your deepest and most intimate needs. You'll never find authenticity through being selfish. Selfish behavior doesn't satisfy. Now, I've watched countless relationships fail in my lifetime when one party decides to only focus on themselves while neglecting the well-being of others. It can be a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, you name it. And I've also witnessed the exact opposite. So when I give myself away in support and service to others, it is more fulfilling than any other form of love expressed. That's when I feel complete. And it's not hard to love someone unconditionally who in returns puts your needs above their own. Foolproof? No, not foolproof, sadly. Because eventually someone will take advantage of your goodwill. But at the same time, that's an exception to the universal law of unconditional love. And it is a universal law. If I put you first, I'm of the opinion that you can't help but love me back. So before, though, you start looking for an example of a loophole, okay, maybe consider times when you sacrificed for the needs of someone else. Was it fulfilling? I mean, down deep, did you feel a sense of purpose and accomplishment? Did you discover a sense of value from your actions? Typically, the answer to that is generally, yes, I did. Now, authenticity is best cultivated in our lives when we love from the center of ourselves, from the true selves, as a human being designed for connection. And we are. We're designed for connection. I believe in a God, and I believe in God's design on our lives. As human beings, we're created for community. And as members of the human race, we either give ourselves to the good of all, or we find ourselves living in isolation, wishing the very thing we stopped giving away was still available to us. What happens when we stop loving unconditionally? We stop receiving unconditional love. Now, I had a more than a few responses to my last podcast on this idea that love is enough and that we need to be like understanding and we need to listen. I mean, most people were grateful for the reminder that love is enough and they kicked that around and others were grateful that their group was acknowledged. And some very kindly reminded me of even a deeper definition of love, which is what we're tackling today. There were a few who refused to set their opinions or their convictions aside to even for a moment consider the experiences of others enough to listen and learn. No judgment, not throwing rocks. I get it. I dig me up my heels in more times than I like to admit as well. There's things I'm really convicted about. But I had to wonder why such a mix of emotional responses to such a simple message last week. Well, I think it might be because love is messy. I mean, no matter how you define it today, because it has been explained so poorly for far too long. I don't know too many people anymore who are teaching their children that love is a choice. It's a feeling. I, I've never succumbed, as I said, to that idea. 
Because isn't love meant to be given, not just received? I mean, love without action, I'm afraid it might be unsustainable. So love has to be intentional. And only when love is given is love received. But love can't be just blind. Love has to have some borders or boundaries. Because without a clear understanding of the complexity of the concept of love, it's a fleeting ideal at best that we all chase, but we seldom truly get to experience. That's why love is misunderstood as merely a feeling. So once again, my friend and complimenter, Imani Hip, and if you don't know about The Complimenter yet and have not heard me mention thecomplimenter.com, please look at the show notes, click on the link, change my life, can change your life as well. I love being part of that team. Monty shed some wisdom on this topic in a text that he sent me just after the episode, and I really appreciated it. He said, and I'm going to quote, real love is based on an ability to trust the feelings and actions of his expression individually and collectively. It is evident and sought when it is understood as a healthy, powerfully motivating, and also productive care. It guides, admonishes, teaches, and corrects. Love toward all individuals should be offered with a definition when heard and encountered will be cheerfully embraced. Or, it will often be rejected or redefined because of a poor example or past anger, hurt, fear, or disappointment. He says that my experience is when people say I love you, it's based on I love you if, when, however, but, yet, even though, as long as you do, until I don't. I love you as a human, a fellow life chaser, a person of deep value, a person in the search for deserved significance as a created person created for purpose with enduring emotion towards something or someone. And I love you enough to say enough. Thanks, Monty. I know you're listening. I really do appreciate your wisdom. So let me see if I can bring this home for us. Does unconditional love dissolve convictions? Well, some people would suggest that that's what I said in my last episode. I'm sorry, listen to it again. Does it mean that you have to cave to your opinions and your points of view? No, it does not mean that at all. But unconditional love does see the condition of others and puts the needs of others ahead of self. We all have trials. We have good days, we have bad days, we have stories, and those stories influence the condition of our lives. Unconditional love sees the condition of others, and unconditional love demonstrates an uncommon level of empathy, really seeking to understand. But unconditional love also draws some lines in the sand that say, no matter what, I will offer you my authentic self without reservation. And this is a line because my needs are best met when your needs are best met too. So I guess in some ways, love really is kind of selfish when you think about it, because when I give it away, I'm the true recipient of the benefit. In other words, everybody wins. I win. 
So love is action always trumps love as feeling. Matter of fact, the feeling of love without action, I'm not sure, can be defined as truly love. So I know about me that <laughs> I'm a difficult guy to love. Just ask my wife. So why has she tolerated me for 32 years? Well, I like to believe it's because I love her first every day with my time and my attention, which makes it almost impossible not to reciprocate, right? But it's also because she loves me first with her time and attention, which makes it next to impossible for me not to love her back with what? <laughs> my time and attention. It's a beautiful cycle when it's done right. Unconditional love is a symbiotic equation. All parties win. And winning means we keep our eye on the future. And we play the long game. It can't be short-lived. It can't be momentary. Because we all have those moments where we're not the most lovable. We have to look beyond the moment to miles down the road. Like, I love my sons unconditionally, and I parented them with the idea that I'm raising adults. So I had to have expectations for them when they were growing up, which means I set boundaries for their own good, for their own well-being. And I enforced rules in our home as well. But I earned the right to do that through years of sacrifice and years of supporting them in all of their ventures. Now, could they have taken complete advantage of my conditional love? Well, of course they could have. And many parents do experience that pain. Now, Cindy and I haven't, and we're grateful. Now, we're not perfect parents. Are there couples, families, and friends who do the same and experience a lack of reciprocation from their children, their spouse, their relationships? Well, of course they do. And I'm sorry if that's your story. I just want you to hear once again, you're not alone. You need to hear that. So you might be saying, like, I guess unconditional love isn't foolproof after all, right? What's the benefit? Like, you'd be right to say that it's not foolproof. Nothing's foolproof. But I promise, from my experience, unconditional love is the best option for you to discover a true sense of self-worth as you strive to be authentic in an artificial world. Now, you can't control the attitudes and behaviors of others. You can't. But you can know that you gave love your very best effort. So at the end of the day, I, I'm only responsible for what I have to give to humanity, right? I'm not responsible for you. You're not responsible for me. But I am accountable for what I give to others. And I try to make my decisions on what I can do to ensure people I encounter know through my actions, through my words, through my demeanor that they're valuable. I don't just walk on by. I mean, it can be as simple as just lending a helping hand. What if I slowed down and bent a listening ear? What if I just paid enough attention to someone walking by me that I shared a smile, a kind word, instead of ignoring the moment? Maybe I take an active interest in what's important to them. How do I do that? I ask questions. I ask more about them than I tell them more about me. So practically speaking, here's where it comes down to. It's me putting on my CPAP before I fall asleep so that Cindy isn't kept up all night long by my snoring. 
Like I can seriously suck the wallpaper off a wall. I'm loud as a train. But honestly, that's also a bit selfish on my part. Not failing to put it on, but deliberately putting it on because then I save my body from bruised ribs when she elbows me to wake me up. So love is mutually beneficial. I want her to have a good night's sleep, and I want to have a good night's sleep so I can control both. I stop and put on my CPAP before I just doze off in bed watching TV. I mean, you can see, right, that simple illustration, how unconditional love really is mutually beneficial. And it might seem like a silly little trite example, but it might just be simple enough to illustrate how we can better understand the overall point that I'm trying to make. So let me repeat the reality that love is messy. And I barely, I know I barely scratched the surface on this like deep, difficult topic. But perhaps just for a few days, you could ponder the idea and see how you can love yourself more by loving others first. Let me say that again, because that's a recipe. You can love yourself more by loving others first. And I'm going to close with this. You cannot expect love if you're not willing to give it. Last week I said tolerance. I'm just swapping out the word. You cannot expect love if you're not willing to give love. And love is a choice. And love is an action. At least that's how I see it. As always, I encourage you to live your humanity with humility and authenticity in this artificial world. Don't. Don't compromise your identity. And don't apologize for being a square peg in a round hole. Now, before you close out of the app that you're using, please be kind, leave a review, preferably five stars. And I'd really appreciate it if you would share this podcast on social media. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.